Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kid's tray? Is your definition of self-care getting to close the door when you pee? If the only chance that you get for exercise are the squats that you do to pick up your kid's Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne Crosley, psychotherapist, self-care enthusiast, and seriously imperfect mom of two kiddos. This is Mama Bites. Thank you so much for joining me again for the Mama Bites podcast. It has been a while, as it is sometimes, and especially during this year plus time of craziness and different life, sometimes there have been um, little breaks between podcasts. And I appreciate so much you sticking with me and coming back whenever the episodes hit. And so this episode is all about re-entry, re-entry into society, re-entry anxiety, maybe even some re-entry depression, Um, but it's all about re-entry and our struggles with coming back to the world as we know it, Uh, not even post-COVID, but um, maybe post-lockdown, post-quarantine, however you're encapsulating and thinking about it. And this episode will involve not only some different ways to think about things, but even some strategies about how we can begin or continue that process. Before we move on, um, just an update, as I have been teasing for what feels like forever, the self-care for new moms book has come out. Oh my goodness. We can stop saying, uh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It has arrived. It's here. It is with, uh, all the, all the places you buy books. I don't know if you've heard of this little outfit, Amazon. Um, they bring stuff to your house if you order. So, um, please feel free to, um, Shop at your local bookstore um, and ask them to order it if you would like to support the local guy. Um, it's certainly at my local bookstores, and um, but also available on all the big guys, Barnes and Nobles, um, every mom's favorite store, Target. Uh, it's all available. So go get it. Um, let me know what you think of it. The most helpful thing for it to get into other mom's hands is for you to review it. So I don't really bug you to, um, review the podcast. Of course, I would love for you to do that, to rate and review it. Cause that will get other moms listening and that kind of help into, uh, their ears. But, um, that's nothing compared to how effective it can be if you review it on Amazon. It um, it sends the reviews way up in terms of the the search abilities of other moms to find it. And um, I'm I'm hearing from from moms something that's uh, been very heartening, which is that this is not something just for the postpartum year, but that um, you know well into 
after the postpartum, the post postpartum years, um, that has really been helping them as well. So, you know, if you're, if you're not in that 12 month window, still consider picking it up. People are still finding it to be really helpful after that time. I will be teasing up coming appearances. Um, I have an appearance coming on the Wave Radio podcast. I'm going to be doing uh, a brief uh, talk on reentry. Um, and you can find them at Wave Radio Boston. And um, I will also be teasing more upcoming um, podcasts. I also spoke with um, Jess on the Fuel Her Awesome podcast recently, so you can kind of dig through her episodes and find out a little bit more about uh, the Self-Care for New Moms book, and I talk with her about it. Okay. On to the show. Okay, let's talk about reentry. Reentry is a lot of things for a lot of people. Um this is currently mid-May, and so we are before um, the CDC official word of changing the mask rules or the mask recommendations. They haven't been rules, but recommendations. And uh, my experience is that is really kind of shaking the tree for a lot of people. Um, you know, some people just haven't been able to wait, couldn't wait, couldn't wait, couldn't wait. And, um, a lot of folks are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is a lot faster than I thought it was. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And now it feels like, whoa, um, everything at once. And so, you know, just honoring where we all are right now and that we all might be in different places and, and that's okay. So just first taking the temperature of where you are and being real about how careful you've been. Um, some of us have been exceptionally careful and these new changes um, might bring out some ambivalence. Ambivalence being um, when we feel really strongly sometimes in different ways. So some of us might be both feeling at the same time oh my goodness, I'm so excited to stop wearing this thing on my face to be able to see the full faces of my loved ones that I haven't been able to see, you know, maybe even feeling a little bit more emboldened to get a little bit closer to them. And at the same time, oh my goodness, I'm so scared. And this is the thing that I've been told for 12 to 14 months um, about how to keep myself safe. It's been a requirement of keeping myself safe. And so, you know, really just to honor that, that doesn't mean that one way is correct and other ways are wrong. Like the ambivalence is just a feeling. It doesn't mean that we have to change it, but just to acknowledge it and acknowledge that we don't just feel one way is actually really helpful for most people. For some reason, we seem to be under the impression that just about maybe one feeling is okay. <laughs> Never mind um, more than one feeling. But the real reality, the realistic possibility is that we are feeling multiple things um, a lot of the time. And so we're probably feeling multiple things about this reentry piece. 
So, you know, that being said, it's really important for us to set realistic expectations. Um, you know, I've early into the um, post-vaccination period, you know, when I was talking with mostly providers or people who were really on the front lines who were getting their vaccines and really surprised, oh, why don't I, why haven't I stopped feeling anxious right away? And I've had to sort of invite people to remember, you know, we've been steeped in this profound level of global anxiety, many of us for the first time in our lives, for such a long time. These cortisol levels in our bodies are pumping at a much higher rate. We are so much more anxious now. The idea of it just, you know, um, the, the anxiety levels just plummeting as soon as we're vaccinated or as soon as the, the mask mandate stops, that's an unrealistic expectation for ourselves. And rather, you know, can we begin to just be curious about like, okay, I've had my vaccine, I'm past my two weeks, or um, I've, I'm starting to do these things. Can I just be curious about what happens to my anxiety, to my nervousness, to my worries. Um, in some cases, does it get stronger? Do I feel more vulnerable? Again, anxiety and worries are just feelings. They're not necessarily realities. It's when we push against them as if they're realities that it creates more problems. But if we can be curious about them and just notice them, just notice them like there are any other thing that you go past and are near about your day, be it wall color, be it the temperature of the air. You know, these are things we're just steeped in all the time. And it's what we pay attention to that can matter. So, you know, be nice, set realistic expectations, especially if you're prone to anxiety in general, um, depression in general we've been really hard hit this year. And so, you know, let's be realistic and let's be realistic in our goals as well. Um, let's not make our first goal of going to a large gathering um, or a gathering that's much larger than we've been at or been willing to consider. So when I say that, I'm not just talking about like 25 people. I'm talking, you know, if you have been just, you know, sort of zipped into your house, locked into your house, you know, only really around the confines of your yard or only doing small things um, with five people or so, 12 people is going to be a huge gathering to you. It's going to bring up some anxiety. Um, something that's come up and been really helpful in our household is um, my daughter's been really um, good about telling us, uh, looking around as we start to do things and saying to us, um, I'm looking around and there's a lot more people here than I've been around and it's making me nervous. You know, out of the mouths of babes, right? They're, they're not, <laughs> they're not um, feeling 
the same sort of shoulds necessarily that we expose ourselves to like, oh, I should be happy about this. I should be excited about this. I shouldn't worry about this. You know, kids just feel what they feel. And so can we take a cue from our kids in terms of like, our feelings are our feelings. Let them be there. So, you know, if you're going to a gathering of three people you haven't seen, that's a gathering, right? Allow yourself the feelings. And if they're trusted people, can you say like, this is more than I've done in 14 months. I'm just going to need a minute or wow, this feels really weird. This feels really different. Um, You know, can we be more forthright? And I do find that often people will reflect or respond to that. Um, You know, if that's a person who shames you about that, really reconsider (laughs) how safe this person feels that you feel with them. And, um, you know, maybe they're not the person that you hang out with very much to help recalibrate yourself. Maybe some, some people who are a little bit kinder and gentler around how you're really feeling. So be gentle, be kind. At the same time, it is important when it comes to anxiety to challenge ourselves in really mindful, thoughtful, um, gentle ways. That what we know about anxiety is it does not get better in isolation. And so here we've been zipped into isolation for 14 plus months And so we have been bouncing around in the same four walls and our anxiety has just been getting higher and higher in a lot of cases. And so it is important to challenge ourselves and allow ourselves to have a bit of that anxiety response at times so that we can begin to reteach our brains that the way I like to explain it to people is that, you know, anxiety thrives on the what ifs, right? And this has been a year plus of just what ifs. And so going out and doing things is really important to challenge the what ifs, but it's really going to make them come up a lot. And so set realistic expectations for how long you go out and do things. So not only the size of the group, um, but how long you're out. Maybe don't plan on a longer gathering or meeting or trip. 45 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, depending on what you've been doing, you know, for some people, three hours. That's, that's enough, you know, what we want is at least repeated exposures. When we're talking about um, anxiety, we talk about exposures. So go out and try to do it again and again and again. And we want this to be a setup for success. So if 45 minutes, if 30 minutes feels like what you might be able to handle before you go back to your bubble, great, go do that. Set some expectations for doing that a couple times a week, at least. Um, Also, it might feel like a little bit much to see people and gather with them right away. 
And so if you need to set some goals of going out and just being out with people, if you've been getting your groceries delivered this whole time, you know, walking through a grocery store, even just walking through one side and out the other, that's a step. That's a step. Or starting with smaller stores, that local bookstore, I'm not just pushing the book, but that can feel like a safe place to just walk in, wander through all the the stacks, and then walk back out, just practicing early and often. (laughs) Pay attention as well to the things that support you and also the things that exacerbate the worry and the anxiety or the depression. A number one with a bullet for this is always going to be media consumption, social media consumption, news media consumption. We have, most of us rather, have upped our media consumption by significant percentages. Hey, what was there else to do? We needed to stay informed. But some of us just haven't slowed down the loop with that yet. And it can really, really, really affect our filter in terms of how we see the world and our functioning because we respond to that. Now, just as a reminder, yes, media is about keeping us informed, especially news media. But also, there is a product there that people are selling. And so, you know, even the most impartial of media is still selling clicks is still selling time, right? There are still commercials that you see unless you're opting out and paying for it and then you're paying for it. Just be aware as you're consuming of what really works for you. Tune into your body. Does your heart beat a little quicker? Do you feel a little overheated or warm or shaky the longer you consume? Do you have trouble breaking away from it? Are you having trouble paying attention to other things? These are all signs that you need to disengage more often from media. And as you know, a million times over, I am a huge advocate for very carefully curating your media. There have been other Mama Bites podcasts on that. Um, talking with Dr. Um, Sarah Coyne and Tony Lichty, we had a whole episode on that, especially as it relates to body image. Um, so I invite you to go back and check out that episode. And I think um, their messages can um, translate really well to all media, but of course, especially around body image. So that segues me pretty well as well around how to re-enter when we are dealing with serious body image issues. This is such a huge piece right now for so many people. Um, Talk about things that are in the news media right now. Some people's bodies, actually most people's bodies, the percentages are higher um, around that than are not have changed throughout the pandemic. And let's just acknowledge 
all bodies are changing all the time. So all bodies have changed throughout the pandemic. But um, we all know that what I'm talking about is actually concerns about weight and size and shape changes. And people are worried are visible. You know, what I can say as a clinician who treats eating disorders is um, never have I had so many calls and never has my practice been so full um, as right now. And I'm pretty much seeing people just mostly for that. This pandemic has run roughshod around our body image issues and um, around our abilities to feed ourselves kindly with, um, as, as the creators of intuitive eating would call gentle nutrition. Um, let's, let's just do an eating disorder, disordered eating 101 and, um, the intersection with that and anxiety disorders. If you're, uh, not in the know about these things, um, let me just let you know what we say in the eating disorder field, which is eating disorders are simply anxiety disorders that, um, people with anxiety disorders for the most part have found just a different way to manage. And it's been, um, managing through food and how they manage food. And so step back and remind ourselves here that, you know, it's important to ask our question about our body images. What might this be trying to hold for us? That body image becomes this very convenient container. Marcy Evans talks about this on um, the episode that I did with her. We talked about body image as well in our relationship to body image. But how we feel about our bodies becomes this convenient container to manage other stressful things that we're dealing with. And has anybody been dealing with stressful things (laughs) this past year? I don't know. I think I have a little bit. And so we can really expect these issues to show up. And, you know, can we begin to question when we're worried about um, our body image issues or we're worried about how we look and re-entry you know, how much that might be containing all our worries about re-entry and all our anxieties about judgment. And once we look at that, can we really drill into the other things and just be curious about how body, our body image issues, our wish to change our bodies, our feelings that our bodies are not good enough to re-enter you know, can we be curious about how it's trying to hold us and take care of us and keep us safe, even though it's not, um, you know, the idea is that eating disorders are, are, are trying to keep us safe. They're just the cruelest disorder (laughs) trying to keep us safe. They're trying to make us feel protected, even though, um, they're not protective. They're actually destructive and potentially deadly. Something that I'm also reminding clients around um, body image issues as they've escalated is we've also not been, a lot of us have not been around bodies in a year, at least. We've been 
in our houses with our own thoughts, with our own bodies, with the bodies of our families and our own anxiety and our own judgments. And that's pretty much who we've been around. And so it's going to take some practice. And I think it can be really helpful to go out and be around bodies. So, you know, if you haven't been out much, consider this a two-pronged approach, not just about um, going out and just being out, but going out and being around bodies and body diversity. There is a diversity of sizes out there. And so go to Target, go to a place that, you know, has more people and a diversity of bodies. Um, And maybe some that you haven't necessarily seen. If you're seeing the same, you know, five people at school drop-off, go somewhere else. (laughs) That can really play with our heads in just being with ourselves. And, you know, I'm not, it it may sound like I'm skirting the issue. You might be saying, Corinne, okay, yes, all of these things, I agree. Um, it's an anxiety disorder. Yes. I, um, I've, I've been zipped into my bubble. Yes. But my body has changed. What do you have to say to that? What I have to say to that is the reminder that so many bodies have changed. So many people have been struggling in the same way that you have. And thinking about You know, sometimes I like to think about um, sort of the concept of loving kindness. Um, And there's, you know, loving kindness meditations on this podcast and really thinking about um, how we judge others, um, weight gains or body changes. And, you know, If we're highly, highly judgmental of that, um, you know, that is our cross to bear. That is our issue. And it usually does not serve us. And folks who are highly judgmental of body changes, what I like to tell people and what I know by being an eating disorder clinician is people who judge other people's body changes powerfully, that judgment is just a sliver of the self-judgment and often self-loathing they experience. And so, you know, if you are struggling and if you are focusing on other people's bodies, that is just a reflection of the depths of your struggle. And so if you are concerned you're being judged, you know, just have awareness of that that judgment is not actually representative of your body or your body changes, that if you are being judged, that is representative of the judger and their values. And that's just about it. That's all. Yes, if we have gone through body changes, that is very difficult, especially in our culture. Our culture is very unforgiving about that. 
I do want to remind us of a reframe of those is that, you know, we have lost so many people, so many people this year, so many people unexpectedly. And no, we don't have to be grateful for these bodies. There's no, there's no requirement of being grateful for our bodies, but just you know, can we remind ourselves what we've been through? As a population, we have lost so many people. As a group, we have been so frightened. As a whole globe, this has been the most terrifying thing of our lifetimes for quite a while. Now, I I want to acknowledge that there's a great many people that this hasn't been the most terrifying things of their lifetime. They have been through genocide. They have been through much scarier things possibly than this. But for, for many of us, this has been the scariest thing we've been through. And that experience changes us, including our bodies that gets encoded in us. And so, you know, can we also be curious about the body changes and, and see them in a different way other than a failure, right? Like that's the issue that so many of us are seeing our body changes as a failure or we did something wrong. We didn't. It's a sign of survival. We were trying to keep ourselves safe and manage from day to day, you know, be it homeschooling, which was so stressful. And I think we're going to look back on these times and say with words, oh, that was really weird. That was really stressful. And I think it's going to be very hard for us to remember what it was like from day to day because our memories just do that. They change so quickly and we just sort of cast aside like, oh yeah, that was weird. That was hard, but it was very difficult and whatever we needed to do to survive and to get through is what we did. And so can we put on our clothes in the morning, get in the shower in the morning, whatever it is, wherever we're most triggered and really just offer ourselves some of that space and say, this is what I did to survive. This is what I needed to do. And that this is what generations and eons have pe- of people have been doing to survive, right? This is a survival instinct and bodies change during survival. We've all changed. I hope that you find space to be gentle. I hope you have found some space to be kind to yourself. We are in re-entry. It is a process. Allow it to be a process for yourself. Just the way I'm hoping that we're all creating space for it to be a process for our kids, for our other loved ones. 
We cannot expect ourselves to just snap back into how things were. And if we do set that expectation, that's probably going to make things harder on ourselves and in others. So you might want to roll your eyes at the whole gentle thing. Um, I'm telling you, it's more efficient. (laughs) If we're just looking at brass tacks, at being efficient, judgment takes longer. It creates more energy. And so, you know, as, as I draw this episode to a close, I know that close might feel sort of abrupt, but I, I want to keep this short because I want, I want people to be able to listen and to, to get those nuggets of, um, awareness and, and strategies to help them go and move about the world as we begin to re-enter. I'm with you moms. Hopefully I'll see you someday in person. Um, and we survived together. We honor those who did not. We miss them. But together we survived. So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram. And definitely come on by our Facebook group, the Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.